Hey everyone, welcome to Impact Marketer. Today's guest is an entrepreneur and founder of Leverage, a group purchasing org that serves small businesses and entrepreneurs. He's generated over $300,000 last year strictly from organic marketing, feeding over 200,000 people since March 2018 through a partnership with the Eat a Billion nonprofit. Having created a reach of over 100,000 people through social media and email marketing, he's mastered the art of capturing attention and building audiences. Throughout his professional growth, he's accomplished the ultimate personal growth, which has gained complete clarity with who he is and what he wants to create in the world. The biggest obstacle he's had to overcome was not believing in himself. He's also helping others through his podcast, The Six Figure Roadmap. Please help me in welcoming Cam Martinez. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Of course, Cam. Happy to have you on, man. So let's jump straight in. So what exactly does your company do for our listeners that don't know? Yeah, so we're a group purchasing organization. Essentially, what we do is we go to large companies like Zoom, ActiveCampaign, Thinkific, uh, Unbounce, and we approach them with the notion that we're there to, one, lower the activation costs for our customers by negotiating a lower price on their products and services by increasing their sales. So if we show up to a company with you know 100 to 200 people that want to buy their product or service, we're going to go to them and say, hey, we have this many people. Can we negotiate some kind of deal on your software or your course or your product and put it in our membership um, and give you access to our community? So that's essentially what we do. And then it's put behind a membership paywall. Um, so people pay $97 a year to get access to our catalog of deals. And then you know, an average customer of ours probably saves about three grand a year. That's awesome. Yeah. Do, you, do you have any other way to generate revenue or is a, a client really only worth 97 a year? We generate revenue on the front end membership cost, which is the 97 a year. We donate a percentage of that to feed a billion. We keep the rest. That's probably going to change once we open our affiliate program. We might not profit at all on our membership. We actually make most of our revenue on the back end affiliate deals or the reseller deals that we have. So if you come and you purchase... Zapier, for instance, for $25 a month, we are taking a percentage of that every month. Is that how it's currently set up or that's, that's how it's going to be set up? That's how it's currently set up. Our affiliate program will only change on the front end uh, membership price. So perfect, if, perfect. You're, yeah, if you're going to affiliate our membership, we'd probably give, if it, if it was $100, use an easy number, we'd give $90 to our affiliates per customer per sale and then give that rest, the, the 10 away to feed a billion. So this is a dope business model, man. So essentially, you have a paywall for a membership. So it's like a, a B2B premium Groupon, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, and then all your links on the back end are discounted, but also affiliate links. So you're making reoccurring over time. Yeah. So we have a rev share agreement with all the companies that we partner with. That's I fucking love that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. not a... Uh, you know, I actually just got off a podcast earlier where he, uh, the interviewer was asking me, you know, what is one piece of advice you would give to... Uh, my listeners and I was saying like, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you can create the same model for whatever industry that you're in, right? Let's just use podcasting as an example. If you're a podcasting agency or you have a service where you're helping podcast owners grow their podcast or get onto more podcasts, I would create content, create a community around podcasting as a concept where you're like teaching how to grow a podcast, how to get on podcasts, how to have cool guests on your podcast then you, you know, when you grow that community to a certain amount of people, go to podcast software companies like Libsyn or Simplecast and say, Hey, 
you know, I have a thousand people on my community who are all, you know, podcast hosts or podcast agencies who would love to use your service at this price. Can we negotiate and have a conversation? Right. And then you can create the same model. Same thing goes for like real estate and you can do it for your agency. You can do it really for any business model that you have. So highly encourage you to kind of like take what we've made or hint, hint in the future, we're going to create like a white label option where you can white label the front end and then everything redirects to the deals that we've gone out and negotiated. So. Sure. So two questions. One, what's the minimum amount of members that you recommend before going to negotiate? You mentioned a thousand. Is that an accurate number? I mean, the more the merrier, right? I don't think it really matters if you can say that your customers are buying customers, right? Because if you just have a community of a thousand people who just like, like listening to you talk, but they're not actively looking to purchase anything that you're providing to them, then it doesn't matter to the companies that are, that you're going to be negotiating with. So, I mean, even if you have 50 people who are ready to buy something based off of your recommendation, right? You can either drop a straight affiliate link and they pay full price, or, you know, you can get them a discount and then word of mouth starts spreading like, Hey, you know, you can get X software over here for normal price, or because you're a part of this membership, you can get it for a lower cost. So, but if someone's starting this, this new business model out, they don't have any purchasing, uh, they don't have any clients yet or customers yet mm-hmm. right? because they, they, it's like a chicken and egg thing. So I'm assuming like they would need to build an audience through content or something, an email list, and then take that and leverage it to go negotiate with these different software companies, right? Because your model is a little bit different because you have a paywall, uh, but don't you have to negotiate the deals first before you can go start charging for it? Yeah, hundred percent. So I will, I'm only going to speak from experience. That's what, that's exactly what we did. We had a community of entrepreneurs in the beginning. So it was all like coaches, consultants, agency owners who were using the software that we were also using in our business. We just happened to know the strategy to go out and negotiate these deals. And so the concept was actually created by my business partner who is still in full-time enterprise sales. And that's what he does on a super high, like fortune 500 level. And he brought that concept down to the small business owner so that we could go out and get deals with zoom and active campaign and, you know, Aweber and Thinkific and all these softwares that you could use to grow a business, right? You have your email automation, you have your website funnel creation, you have a lead generation software. So I would definitely start with a community And then if you want to do a similar business model, I mean, you could put it behind a paywall or just go the traditional affiliate route where you have a community and, you know, the people that you're negotiating with only care about the metrics. So, sure. So what platform do you recommend having this community on? An email newsletter, a Facebook group, all of the above? Uh, Yeah, I mean, all of the above is great. I would say I, I like owning like my own data. So email podcast listeners, you don't really own your podcast audience, but you know, podcasting is one of the best ways to build relationships, right? You can go the route where you can interview the CEOs of the companies that you want to negotiate with, or you can go the route where you're interviewing people with large communities that could send their community to you because you have a, you know, this offer or this cool thing that they want. So podcasting is great. I highly recommend figuring out a way to get people on your email list. That's how we generate a ton of our revenue is by email newsletters and just kind of like we drip in every time we get a new deal inside of our membership, just in case someone 
you know, misses a launch that we do, or they've been waiting for us to get a certain deal. Email is huge for us, but we also have a Facebook group too. So, <laughs> you know, I, I recommend Facebook groups are awesome because you can do video, you can do text, you can do audio, like it, Facebook groups are amazing to, to build an audience. But yeah, I mean, whichever route you prefer, do you like being on camera? Do you like social media? Do you like writing blogs? Just attract an audience by teaching them something that you know a lot about and then implement this model as it goes on. Sure. And so, you know, you mentioned that you've, you've grown a pretty sizable email list. What is something that someone with no email list can do today? Like the next two, three steps, maybe they can get them to like five, 10 K. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Definitely create something that's valuable to the people that you want on your email list. Right. One of the easiest ways is, you know, hopefully your listeners have heard about this before, but creating a lead magnet, right? Let's just say you're super knowledgeable about water bottles, right? And how to use water bottles effectively to save the environment and protect the ecosystem. Create some content on the 10 best ways to eliminate plastic and start using water bottles. Give it away to the people who care about that. And the only way they can get that is by signing up your email list, right? And then you just keep talking about that over and over through a podcast medium going, doing live video in a Facebook group, interviewing someone else who's also super passionate about water bottles and getting in front of their community, right? And then they find out that you have an article about how to best use water bottles or just keep writing about water bottles and use some SEO tactics to attract people back to your website or your email list. There's tons of ways, but I would use some form of value to get people to sign up for your email list. And then you own it. You can send them whatever you want to after that. Great. So create some gated, valuable, highly desirable content, and then leverage other people's attention, whether it be a podcast, Facebook group, interview style, whatever, SEO to get them to that gated content. 100%. Super sweet. Yeah. How did you negotiate with these companies and, and yeah. get them to sign on? Like, So I also have experience doing a lot of this. I do a lot of virtual events. So we, we contact a lot of like, Fortune 500 CEOs and stuff like that. I would love to hear your take. Yeah. So in the beginning, now is a little bit different. I'll get into that. In the beginning, what we did was it was our first deal was with Zoom. And it was kind of a crazy offer that went super viral in a bunch of Facebook groups. And then eventually it led to higher and higher tiers inside of Zoom. And it reached the, I think the president of Zoom. And he reached out to us and asked us what we were doing. And so we've kind of just like through our community and through just the relationships that we build every single day have been introduced to people who are creating software, to people who are creating courses that are valuable to our community. And it really just, it comes down to relationship building. My favorite way to do it is in Facebook Messenger. Like I was just talking to my business partner. I was planning on going out to TNC and I took a step back and said, wait, like we build... 99% of our relationships online. I don't think we need to spend another four days in San Diego and an extra thousand dollars to go talk to the people that we're already talking to online. So definitely building relationships. But now the way that we do it is we've got, we've been introduced to a few different like software communities who it, it hosts a lot of different like product owners, like type forms in there, active campaigns in there, HubSpot's in there, Zapier's in there. And a bunch of people who work for those companies are always like communicating in the Slack channel. 
So that's the route that we've gone as we've kind of over time been introduced to people that have shown us little like secret things, like secret communities where these people gather and that like, go find where your people are at, whoever you're trying to negotiate with. Is it at an event? Are they in a Facebook group? Are they on certain podcasts? Do they only respond to email? Figure out where they spend their time and reach out to them on that medium, right? So for me as well, our podcast has been a huge value add for us because we can have just one-on-one communication with these product owners, with these software owners. And if they are interested in putting their stuff in our membership, they know someone who is interested. So um, again, it's really just my favorite way to build a relationship is by giving someone a platform to share what they have going on in their life and then asking for something in return after you've you know provided a ton of value, you've shown that you have good intentions and that you want to build a, a meaningful relationship with a person. And then it's kind of, you know, straightforward from there. Dude, you'd benefit so much from a virtual summit. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what we do. Yeah. So like, let's just say, I don't want to go off too long in this, but let's just say you wanted to build a platform for uh, SaaS entrepreneurs, teaching other SaaS entrepreneurs to build what they built. Right. So you can create a mega, mega webinar, essentially a, a webinar on steroids over three days, and then just collect thousands of emails over those three days because people want to consume the content. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> content's king and giving people a platform to share is like one of the best things you can do. So again, podcast, blog, interview series, whatever it is, create some form of sharing valuable content with other people. Sure. So you mentioned something really nuanced. I think it can be highly valuable for our listeners. You mentioned that you built most of your relationships through Facebook Messenger, right? And I think that's an aha moment for someone listening <laughs> going, I'm, I'm, I'm still studying, I'm working full-time, blah, blah, blah. I can't travel. So, you know, what the fuck are you doing in the Messenger that uh, is allowing you to build these relationships? Man, I mean, I've probably tried a thousand different verticals on how to build a relationship. You can go the route of dropping a quick 40 second video saying, Hey, uh, so-and-so said that you would be a good person to connect with. I love what you're doing. Just wanted to say, what's up. That's one route. Um, another route is inviting people on my podcast, right? That's a great initial message. Hey, I would love to have you on my podcast. Another one is reaching out to like a product software owner and saying, here's what we do. I would love to feature your stuff in our membership. And then it's really, I mean, if you want to get super granular with people who don't have those connections yet, like you're just starting out, I literally, (laughs) this is a little overboard, but when I first got started, this is like three, four years ago, I was friend requesting every single person in the industry that I was in. Like it was, I had a marketing agency as well. I was doing Facebook advertising for real estate agents and I found every other person who knew anything about marketing or Facebook ads or real estate and I connected with all of them. And then it just becomes this little community where they're introducing you to people who also do Facebook ads or the people in real estate who may be able to use your service. And it kind of just spirals from there. And it all happened in Facebook Messenger. Like it was, I was dropping either voice notes or just messaging them uh, with text. It was never like, I never went, Hey, I would love to do Facebook ads for you. It was always like, Hey, I love that you went. I don't know, snowboarding the other day. I also snowboard, right? Just like connecting with them some way and building an actual relationship. It's not a spammy tactic. I'm not going in there and immediately selling them unless I know that what I have is valuable. Like if I'm going into a conversation saying, Hey, I have a thousand customers that can make you X amount of dollars this month. 
of course I would go in and lead with that. But if you're just trying to build a relationship with somebody, which I highly, highly recommend you do anyway, just connect with them on a personal level. Go look at their pictures. Go look at what they're doing. Go look at the content they create. They're huge on posting memes on social media. Send them a funny meme, right? It's very easy to kind of build a relationship on social media now. Like everything I do mostly happens in Facebook Messenger. Yeah, and I think something you've emphasized in in all those tactics is essentially really authentic and thoughtful ego bait. You know, even if you're inviting them to a podcast or tailoring and and personalizing a video message, it's all about them, not focusing on yourself, which is, uh, you know, a key tactic in copywriting or sales. So yeah, man, super powerful. I've I've saw immense growth in my business and, and network as I started doing the same thing, like messenger but like a lot of facebook group things you know there's already attention there so how can you leverage the attention there by adding value and building relationships or as i say like the soft sell the long-term sell yeah so that's that's really spot on man yeah absolutely and one thing i still do to this day every time i've really really cut back on the amount of people that are on my friends list it's it went from like four thousand, now it's to like 1400 um so i've really gotten pretty crystal clear on who i want on my timeline. But every time I connect with somebody new, I message them immediately and say, Hey, thanks for the connection I see we run in similar circles is a very easy message to send to somebody. If they don't respond then follow up and say, Hey, I loved your post the other day. I can totally relate, right? Just kind of just dabble on their content, on their stories, on, you know, their long form posts on their videos, go comment on their videos. But the cool thing about the Facebook algorithm, if you message somebody, they're going to see your content as well. So um, mm. and message every single person that I connect with. That's, that's a nice hack. I, I, I didn't know that part. I mean, it makes total sense. I know like on, on Instagram, yeah, if you engage with their story, then you'll start seeing it first every single time as well. Yep. So yeah, it makes total sense. How did you get into entrepreneurship? Ty Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, was, I, I love uh, it. Yeah. I was in college. I was a junior in college and I was getting ready to go into my senior year. I was on full ride, just like didn't have to pay for school, didn't have to pay for my food or anything. I was also an RA, like managing hallway, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, you look like an RA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> I, I was a super chill RA, super chill. I love, I'm still super close to like all my, all my residents. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was just sitting there like, man, I don't feel like I'm making any steps forward in my career. Like I'm still yeah, I'm in college Yeah, I'm getting a good education. Cool. I have a full ride, but like, I'm not studying really anything that I'm super passionate about. I'm just kind of here to get my degree and have fun and meet people. And of course, what was super interesting is me along with millions of other people saw his in the garage video, right? <laughs> Ty Lopez's. And I was super intrigued at the fact that I watched that entire video. And then I went and looked at all of his other stuff. I didn't buy anything, but I was like, what is he doing that's making me come look at all his stuff? Like I had no idea how digital marketing worked. I had no idea how any of that stuff happened, how I can make money from it, how I could get clients from it. So I really started studying that. But then I actually, because I got so interested in that, one of my buddies who is a real estate agent reached out to me and said, Hey, I would love for you to manage my Instagram page. So I was doing that for like a month. And then I was like, Oh, okay, this is pretty easy. Let me go see if I can get a client with it. And then I went out and got my first client while I was still in school. And I was like, hmm, there's something to this. Like, this is super interesting, super fun. Like, I, like, it's super cool to learn 
how marketing works and how Facebook ads work and how algorithms work and how lead generation works. What's a funnel? I didn't even know what click funnels was. Who's Russell Brunson? <laughs> what the heck? Like, what is all this stuff? And so I got like super just obsessed and ingrained in that world. Like I said, I started connecting with everybody. I just wanted to know everything, which is good and bad. It can be dangerous to overconsume like that, right? And follow too many people, take too many people's advice. So don't do what I did, but you know, find the people who are actually like being talked about, not those who are talking about others and go consume their content. And so that's, that's what I did. Like I, that's, I dropped out of school, started getting a bunch of clients. Then I lost all those clients kind of was like, well, shit, do, do I go back to college? Like this is, this is not working out for me. And then, you know, we didn't touch on this on the mindset episode that we did, but it was a very man revolutionary mindset shift that led me to really building a profitable agency and then starting this company with my business partner. So yeah, it was kind of, I mean, marketing got me into the world of marketing. I got sucked into it. So thank you, Ty Lopez. I mean, I know there's a lot of good and bad things said about him, but he really did a lot of amazing things for a lot of people. So sure. Dude, I, I can relate so hard, not, not to Ty Lopez, but I don't know if you know him, Mike Dillard, another massive internet marketer based on no. Austin. But I remember being so compelled to buy his damn course. And I was like, why is my hand twitching on my credit card? I have to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I started studying his content, all his emails. And, and that was, that's what really fascinated, fascinated me, like the psychology behind marketing. Yeah, it was, I was so pumped. Like, oh my God, I can start. I've always wanted to start my own business. But then I found out a way to do it from my computer while I'm still in college with like anybody I want to in the world. That was super intriguing to me. And so what I did, I mean, I had no money. I was in college. I asked my parents to purchase Ty Lopez's course, paid them back like the next month after I got some clients and then kind of bootstrapped my way through the first few months. And once I lost all my clients, I spent uh, all like my last dollar on a plane ticket to go meet my now business partner. He's now like one of my best friends, business partner. Like we've done some amazing things together. So, um, you know, if you're not hungry about what you're doing, like if you're not like super obsessed and kind of to the point where that's all you can think about, go find out what that is. You know, if you're not, if that's not how you feel about business, business may not be what you should be doing. Like I was super just like, everything was centered around that. So for sure. Uh, I want to go back to that, that dropout point, right? Because I, I also dropped out of college too. So, you know, when you dropped out, lost all your clients and you had that mindset, mindset shift, what was that? Yeah. So, I mean, I can't really tell you without telling you a brief overview of the story. Sure. Um, so I was sitting in a Starbucks one day. That was like my second home at the time. So that was my <laughs> office where I ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner where I communicate with all my friends. Like <laughs> Starbucks was like the jam for me at that time. Yeah. And I was sitting there just like really just questioning, like, how did I just, I have no money coming in. How am I going to fix this? I have to pay rent. I have to pay for my car. I have to pay for my insurance, my phone. How am I going to do this? And so got onto Facebook, just started like watching videos, just kind of going down a rabbit hole, not really being productive, even though no money was coming into my bank account. It was one of those moments where you're just like, well, no money's coming in. I'm just going to spend my time on social media. Uh, and I came across this guy who was doing a live video about some like some way to think differently in your life and how 
your thoughts become your actions and what you focus on becomes your reality. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I've never heard anything about this before. This is so interesting. I don't know anything about psychology or about how the mind works. So I reached out to him because I noticed he also had a podcast and I said, Hey man, I'm very interested in learning about how to like start a podcast. Like I want to just like go meet people, talk to people. So he gave me everything I knew. And, you know, I thanked him, hopped off the phone. And then I thought, I, no one has ever taken the time to give me literally everything step-by-step step on how to do something in this industry. I'm going to call him back. So I called him back and said, how do I meet you in person? He said, I'm going to be in Austin, Texas this weekend. You buy a plane ticket, I'll pay for everything else. So you can come hang out. So I bought a flight, flew out to Austin, met him. I thought we were going to spend the whole weekend talking about business and he was going to help me like fill my pipeline with new clients. But the entire weekend was spent in an event called conscious transformation. And it was like, this guy, Joey Klein stands up front, you know, shares all his knowledge, we do some exercises, but the real shift in my life happened when this woman was sitting next to me, her husband next to her. One of the things this guy, Joey Klein did was like, he would ask who wanted to volunteer, like stand up and like overcome their breakthrough that they were there for right then and there. Like he would help them like conquer their fear right there. Right. So this woman stands up, she's crying. She says, Joey, I'm here with my husband. He's been abusing me. We don't have a good relationship. We're thinking about getting divorced. Some days I want to like hurt him. He's hurting me. Like you could see the bruises on her arm. It was like very, just like intense. And I'm sitting right next to it, like an arm's length away from this woman. And one of the things that he helped her realize was that no matter what her circumstance, no matter what her situation, no matter what the other person to her left is doing to her, she has full control over how she reacts to it and full control over how she decides to create her life from there on then. And so, I mean, he went through all these exercises and it was crazy. And the energy was just like super intense because she was talking to him in front of like 200 people. And I was right next to her. And the next day she shows up and she's glowing. She's her, she did her hair, she did her makeup, her and her husband are holding hands. Like, I was like, what just happened? Like this woman has bruises on her arms. She was crying. Like she looked like she had just, like he just punched her 10 minutes before that. And the next day she showed up completely like transformed. And so I was totally just like, not bought in on the program, but bought into the fact that, okay, words are powerful, actions are powerful. And what I think I did that a lot of other people make the mistake of not doing is after leaving that event, I continued to do the exercises and put in all the work after that. When most people, when they leave an event, it's like, you're on a super fucking high. And then when you leave, it's like, well, shit, like I'm not around all those people. I'm not learning those things. I'm not in this environment anymore. I'm back to where I was when I got there. And uh, yeah, that's, that's served me and my business partner. I talked to him like every day that served me. Uh, for the last like three years. So now you got to go in on those, those practices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, one really is you got to figure out what your vision is. You have to understand. And I'm not talking about like a, a part of a vision really is, okay, do I want to make a million dollars? Do I want my business to make $20 million a year? Right. But what is more important is how do you want to feel while you're doing those things? Because you can look at some of the most successful people in the world who are also the most miserable. They didn't start with their feeling first. And 
they're just kind of blindly making money. They're blindly living the lifestyle that they're living without actually paying attention to the fact that they hate themselves and they wake up pissed every day and they're super stressed out and they hate their clients and you know, the stuff that they buy has no meaning to them. I choose not to live that way. If you do that, no judgment, you can, you can choose whatever lifestyle you want. For me, I want to wake up feeling good. I want to wake up loving myself, loving the way I look and feel. And that's all internal. It starts with me. So some of the exercises I do, I mean, meditation is super important, right? I'm sure you guys have heard that before. My meditation sometimes guided. Most of the time it's not. And I have zero intention. I just sit there and let my mind do what it does. I don't, I'm not going to sit there and say, okay, I need to transform my life today. I need to sit here and do this because it's going to help me feel better. No, I just sit there and let me do me. So meditation's huge. Journaling is huge. Like I, this thing right here, I don't know, like for those of you watching, you'll get to see this. For those of you listening, I'm sorry. You can hear the me flipping through the pages, but like every single day, it's what I'm doing every day, what my current focus is, what I'm grateful for. And then at the end of every day, I write down kind of just like whatever I'm thinking. So, you know, and whatever the best part of my day was, what I'm grateful for that night. And then I circle in how focused I am, how my energy was that day. It's a really good, you know, journaling is a great way to get out of your own mind and plop down all the negativity that may pop up from time to time and look at it face to face and say, okay, that's not me. I'm choosing to leave that there and walk away feeling different. So those are a couple exercises. I mean, it's nothing new, but it really helps me. So. Sure. But I think a key point that you've emphasized here is you use meditation and journaling as a, maybe a, as guiding data points to see if you're living the life that you, you've imagined and you, you want to constantly experience on a daily basis, right? From a perspective of intuition and feeling, which I think is a, it's a great distinction. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, journaling really is kind of a timeline of the growth that you've had over the last however long it takes you to finish your journal, right? So you can look back a year ago and get an instant win. Like, holy crap, I was there. Now I'm here. Like, what an amazing journey I've had. Even if, you know, you might not be making the same amount of money, you might not be in the same job you were in, you might not have the same friends that you had, you can still look back and say, all that stuff happened because I'm here now. And, you know, one of the things, this is actually super, it was super cool for me yesterday. I was talking to a, uh, a couple of people who, you know, I thought had ill intentions about our conversation. And after I got off the call, I was like, I was kind of heated. I was like, man, like I did not enjoy that conversation at all. Here's how I felt that went. And then I paused and I was like, wait, how, where in my life am I showing up as a douchebag? Where in my life am I showing up giving unsolicited advice? Because those are the things that were pissing me off. Like they decided to weigh in on how I should be running my life and my company and all these other things. And I was like, you don't deserve to say that to me. And then I took a step back and I was like, wait, where am I doing that? Like, who am I saying those kinds of things to? I mean, it was actually, it showed up in quite a few areas that I wouldn't have noticed unless that happened to me. And I journal about it and now I can go back and be like, whoa, that was the moment when I realized I need to be careful about what I'm saying, how I'm treating people. So it's awesome, man. Yeah. I think, you know, three mediums of communication, speaking, thinking, and writing, it really gives you a different angle for the, that same exact topic at hand. So yeah, totally makes sense for increasing your self-awareness there. Super cool. Yeah, man. And, you know, what's your current 
ideal vision or experience that you want in your life? Like you've mentioned, like you have reverse engineered it from like an intuition feeling perspective, but if you were to explain it to someone else, how would you explain it? I want and, to... And sorry, and how did you get there too? Yeah, for me, as long as I'm waking up every day, living the life that I want to live with the woman next to me that I want to be next to, or man in your, whichever you choose, loving, like making sure I have people around me that love me and I love them and kind of just like creating a reality that I enjoy every day. Right. Who doesn't, who wants to live in a place that they're not enjoying every day? So is like, no matter how big the company gets, no matter how many people we feed, no matter how many customers we have, how much revenue we're generating, if those things that I just mentioned are still true, everything's right in the world. I got there through a lot of work. I mean, it's not like I had a terrible childhood, but I don't come from like money. I don't come from parents who understand these things. I don't come from like parents, like my parents foreclosed on two homes. Uh, they were, they got divorced. My brother, you know, has a ton of student debt loan. My sister, debt, a uh, ton of student debt loans. Uh, my sister didn't go to college until last year. For me, I was fortunate because I played baseball and got some scholarships and then I transferred and got um, academic scholarships. But, you know, I was also, I mentioned egotistical. I treated people badly to get what I wanted. I was manipulative. I was angry all the time. I was, you know, I took things for granted if they didn't serve me. And I had to work through all that stuff first to become aware that I was doing all those things, right? If you want growth, you have to search for it. You have to confront the shit that scares you, that makes you feel bad. The things that you know that you're doing, but you don't want to address because of how you feel about them or how it may have impacted other people. You don't want to revisit that stuff because you might have lost friends or lost money because of it or some kind of status in your life. Become aware of it, confront it, continue to document your journey somehow, right? Podcast, video, talking to somebody every day, writing it down, and really just appreciate the progress you make every single day. It's no race. Don't compare yourself to anybody else, no matter what situation you're in, no matter where you're at in life, you're on your own journey. You just have to decide what that looks like for you. And then every single day work towards it. Well said, brother. Last question. What do you want to be known for in the next 10 years? Whoa, really good question. (laughs) I'm surprised I haven't answered this. Uh, What do I want to be known for in the next 10 years? I want to be known for, you know, if I'm still in the world of entrepreneurship, still in the world of business, I want to be known for a person who built a company out of integrity, built a company out of service, built a company from meaningful relationships, not shortcutting, not, you know, treating people badly to get to where I wanted to be, not lying to get to where I want to be, creating content around something I don't know about. Like I I just, integrity is really important for me. So if that is the only label I ever have for somebody who hears my name or I come up on a screen somewhere, I just want them to go, oh man, I know Cam. He's a super integral guy, super connected, super friendly, and uh, is always willing to help. So, Perfect. And where can people find out more about you? Yeah. So you can go to my personal website. There's not too much stuff on there. It's pretty simple on purpose, but it's thecammartinez.com. And then uh, if you want to go save some money and you're an entrepreneur, leverage.it. That's L-V-R-G.it leverage it. So those are the two places. And you can listen to my podcast if you want. It's right here. Six figure roadmap. Sweet. And I'll, I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. Thanks for being on Cam.
course. Thank you.